Facebook, in the group, in our personal feeds. No We're DJ everywhere. Nike. Yeah, no DJ Nike today. He is sick and out of commission. But he's here in spirit. Yeah, get better, buddy. That's right. <clears throat> that, that darn illness going around. It's been yeah. getting everybody. It, kinda, yeah, it, got me. It, it got me a little bit, but like I was only like feeling off for a couple days, but it wasn't anything... Like too serious. Looks like it hit him because he he's he got sick on on Thanksgiving. Was it? Yeah. Why isn't this letting me? But we're excited to talk about the newest season of Loki. I've you know been waiting for it for a long time, and uh, you know loved the first season and really enjoyed the second one. Now we're going to get into spoilers eventually, but uh, we're going to give it a few minutes before we get too deep because there's some important things that we have to discuss about the MCU and the, the future of what's going to happen. And what is, what does this really mean? Cause it ended very well. That's one thing that Sean said, uh, I was unfortunate that he's not going to be able to say it, but he really enjoyed how this ended. He wasn't the biggest fan, but it ended well. And I'd have to agree. I loved every bit of it though. Right. I was going to say, I, I loved every minute, like of both seasons. Um, and then just the way it ended was a, tiny bit confusing i mean i could see how somebody might get so especially by the second season get really like lost because there is so much jumping through time him doing mm-hmm. the time uh what they call it time slipping time slipping yes um slipping, slipping away i mean that that looked very painful i don't think i'd want to actually personally go through that because it looked like it was tearing him up from down to the base molecules it, it well at least disorienting as fuck just you know you know what i noticed every time he did that how he would like he had that little hair flip move <laughs> that he would do like every single time well his facial expressions for it were perfect i mean it it looked like he was in agonizing pain every time it happened right yeah. um so let's start off um let's start with aaron uh and here at the comic zone we usually do and if you're listening on on the stream sound off in the chat we're trying to kind of really watch that now we've got a new setup here that uh yep and so so we're going to try and make it a little more interactive so we're we're going to join in ask questions and we'll answer them as best as we can and we're going to give uh first off we're going to give our kind of one says hello one one to ten rating um and then you know, here in about 10 minutes, we will get into the spoilers and talking about um, the details. So start off, uh, what do you think, Aaron? Um, I gave it a, an eight, 8.5. Um, it was really good. There was some parts of it that were a little slow, but um, it picked up. It, it got really interesting, and I really enjoyed where they went with it. I liked uh, the other extra actors and actresses that they had in there for this season, um, some of them are childhood favorites of mine, um, but it it really touched home with uh, a lot of things that I've seen in the world today and everything. And it, you know, it's kind of it. It was almost kind of like what our government, you know, showing what our government's doing to us now, but through a comic um, view. 
and, you know, gives us the ability to see what they're doing and maybe try to help make a change for the better. So Kevin Tyler chimed in. He said he thinks that they did the, did it justice to the ending of his character. Kind of crazy uh, how he's uh, now the glue that holds everything together. I so agree. we're going to get a little bit spoiled. We got a little bit of spoiler there, but he's got a great point. I agree. That's a very and, good point. I mean, and we were kind of talking about that before the show started. Um, but we didn't get too far into it because I was like, wait, 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 let's wait till we're on the show. But it is. I, I was actually wondering, is that the end of his character? And Kevin, is that um, is that so is Tom Holland done? We don't know. They're not going to say and they're never going to say one way or the other. Well, and I think it, for one, it's going to ruin the imagination. And I think that's, I think, one of the great ways that I think you can read into it. Um, I think we got, we just have to kind of jump into spoilers right now because, you know, there's. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, I, okay. Well, you, we, you we did, but um, all right. I gave it a nine. I really enjoyed it. I think because of the solid ending that rounds out the whole series, I love the genre. I love the mythology. I love how he ch they're changing the mythology. Um, so I gave it a, a near poor, perfect score of a nine. And it's unique in the way the show plays out. It's not like any other yeah. uh, MCU show at all. It's or, the, yeah, or the, movie. the surreal kind of aspect right. of the Sci-fi, like surreal, like very... And that's all my wheelhouse. And all yeah. the... That's, that's, that's all me. And a lot of times in stuff, time travel can get messy. Very but I messy. think they did a really good job of keeping everything together and then like we like uh it, it coming back to the end of the first season yeah so it's like when he's time slipping and stuff he eventually comes back to the moment where that first season ended and it really all comes full circle even even further back than that exactly because yeah, if you actually some of the interviews with uh, tom afterwards on twitter he the lines that he pulled goes back to the very first movie that he was in mm -hmm. with uh, odin where yeah. he said i now know what god i want to become That's and he, he improv that, that line yeah. he that was his line and he and he was talking about that he was just running around the set just kind of thinking it's like all right what's a great way to kind of close that out and that and he was just thinking about all of the roles that he'd done through the mcu through all the movies and like that's what he wanted said that's what he said to Odin and his brother, you know, how he could be um worthy of the throne. Yeah. And then I mean, yeah, and then it's a full it's a full character shift, you know, because when he said that, he was saying it in a negative light. Like he wanted he, the power. He yeah, he, he wanted, was still a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, he wanted the power. Now him taking the throne at the end of this was a necessity. He didn't necessarily want it, and that's they always it's say, a, and it's a burden too, because it's it's much like the uh, the Promethe. No, who's the one that pushes the rock up the hill every day? Uh, or Atlas? Atlas, Atlas who holds? Yeah. That's a different myth, but who holds? Literally holds the, the world, world on, on right. his shoulders. So, well, and, that's kind and, of and, what it. And they do say that you know the people best suited for power are the ones that don't want it, but they do it because it's necessary. Mm -hmm. And and he finally. I mean, he got everything that he wanted, but by the end, he didn't want it. You know what I mean? He did it because well, he had. To. He did it because he's the responsible. He was, the, you know, he wanted to be. And they were talking in the beginning of uh, the directors about they wanted to make Loki from a lowercase god with a G, lowercase g to an uppercase g. Yeah. 
and to and a how, legitimate god to a god and what i really liked about it um is that really echoes the norse mythology i thought they did a good job with that because loki has been one of my favorite mythological characters um because of the fact that he is the god of mischief you know mm-hmm. he he's not necessarily evil he just likes to cause chaos I think he and was a little more evil. He was always a trickster, too. Yeah. In the, in the mythology. Yeah. Well, right, in the mythology. I'm saying, like, this version. I think in the beginning, yeah, he was um, not necessarily evil, but um, he definitely wasn't a good person. Yeah. And well, he, he was, was doing all the wrong things, for, or all the right things for the wrong reasons. He was a younger brother that was just being a dipshit in his life. Exactly. At that point in yeah. time. I think is it compared, is if we look at the whole evolution of the character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because if you look at it, you know, as you go through all the movies, Loki and um, Thor get closer and closer. And you can see that, you know, the pain that Loki felt in the first season when he watched um, his life on that thing. When uh, Thanos snapped his neck, he saw the reaction that Thor gave. And the way he he reacted to himself dying was... He realized that he hasn't really done anything good with his life other than being a mischievous little... Uh, brother, yeah, and bringing pain and misery on his his family, yeah, um, and just like everyone around him. And what were they saying about um that was around along those lines? Like who was saying? Uh, well, like Mobius was saying that, but also even if you look at the mythology, yeah, Loki was always destined to lose. Exactly. Was, there you go. You know, that's it, what I was thinking. And, and, the, and even the trickster archetype—that's a very you know common thing. They end up causing some mischief, but then they pay the ultimate price, which then gets the hero to the to the next yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Um, like they unwittingly elevate the hero, as opposed to, the, and that's like. Uh, you know any villain in comic books really i mean especially in older ones well um, i think i think now um villains tend to be more complex well and they're trying to make the villains a little bit more relatable i f- i think because you know if you grew up reading the comics and you, you know you understood that these villains they're there to help promote the good guys and get them you know their arcs and get them where they need to be um, so I got to throw this in there with the way I seen the ending. It reminded me of what uncle Ben said with great power comes great responsibility. And I think he real Loki realized that at towards the end. And that's why he was, you know, cause they were trying, you know, spoilers. They were trying to get, um, Kane's, um, variant to fix everything. Um, and he realized that, that it had to be him to do it. Yeah. Well, he and, to- and, and he didn't do it for him he didn't take that throne for him and it was always he was always very selfish in the beginning you know and, and everything was because i deserve this i deserve that i'm supposed to be king it's my throne mine 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 yeah. mm-hmm. and he did it to save his friends and everyone that he cared about yeah which included thor his mom um but i i just have to say i i remember what i was what i think it was in ragnarok um when Thor got back to uh, Asgard, and he's sitting there looking like Odin, and they're doing the little um, play that they do to show the, oh, those the death. Oh, those are funny. Of, oh, I thought that was great. <laughs> Matt Damon was awesome in that. <laughs> the tragedy, what was it, the tragedy of... Of Loki or something like Loki that. Yeah. Like, those are so fucking great, dude. They're hilarious. But you could see the definite 
change in him from that of him him hiding himself, pretending to be Odin, um, just lounging around as, oh, hey, I've got the throne finally. I'm I'm the top dog mm-hmm. to eventually he's thrust into this TVA world and he's realizing, OK, everything I've done up to this point has been kind of mute and pointless. I've done nothing but cause chaos, destruction. I've hurt people. I've hurt the people I the, care about me that I care about. And the whole Sylvie character, I think she was a phenomenal addition to the show. Um, God, she was pissing me off this episode or this season, though. She's just, it's just like, yeah, come on. Like, she's, I get that she just wanted to live a normal life. Um, and that, you know, she had never lived in just a calm and peaceful way. Uh, uh, universe. She'd always lived in apocalypses. That's how she hid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you understand, like, her wanting to just work at McDonald's and yeah, live a normal fucking life. And eat a cheeseburger. Right. And you know, and that's another thing. Her it being thrust upon her to be a part of, you know, trying to fix this and it always coming. Well, I mean, technically, she is the reason it all went to shit. I mean, she killed Kang, or the he who remains, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, but what would have happened if she didn't? I think it, you know, it could have gone one or two ways. You know, Loki could have went back to the TVA, took over, changed it like he was wanting to, and I don't, you know, I think we would have had a more introduction to Kang later, you know, with everything that we're supposed to, because, I mean, I saw some, you know, uh, pictures out there that look like they came out of the comics from the Kang um, series when it shows all the different Kangs coming in and attacking at once. And wasn't that at uh, was it at the end of Quantumania where it showed all the, at the yeah the Council of the Kangs? Yeah. Right. So, but if you that, notice that was, was a result Mor- that was a result of her killing he, he who remains, right? Yes. So, what happens now that that no, it did happen still. He, yeah. Really, what Loki did was He just, tried to stop it, but never could. Yeah. So he, he... He would have to kill Sylvie in order to stop that, and he wasn't willing to make that yeah. sacrifice. I mean... So really what he's doing is just he allowed all of these universes to exist, and he's holding it all together um, as opposed to the... Um, what, what did... The time loop. Or what, what did King call... Um, the one timeline that he wanted to exist. Oh, the the sacred timeline. Right. So that's gone, and like he's just allowed all of these timelines to exist as as they should naturally, right? Yeah. Well, and he even said so himself that if you kill me, there are going to be thousands of me coming at you. As because there's all these universes universes that are expanding and just all of a sudden right. popping up, and the loom couldn't, you know. Didn't have the ability to contain that. Kevin, Kevin uh, he said, and I'm assuming he's talking about Loki. Gain, gaining friendship gave him a purpose. Helped him realize that he he always wanted to be accepted and valued. As far as him be, transcending into probably God with capital G. That's true, that's, and that's yeah. what I mean by yeah. that's what I meant by like he when he took that throne and he held all the timelines together and put everything back in a natural way. He didn't do it for himself or for power. It was for all of his friends that he was the right thing to do. Yeah, all of his friends, um, and it was a selfless act, and 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 also a prison. Like he's literally stuck there. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not like 
it's a fucking he might be able to look at every timeline and you know I, I imagine like he does have massive power when it comes to uh control over the timelines and being able to look into those he's almost like or even a watcher e- even as loki he could always manifest different forms yeah. himself. He could just create things out of thin air. So why can't he just in, throw himself into any timeline he any way he could to. to? He should be yeah. able to. He could easily literally write himself into anything. Well, and, and anywhere in time. Yeah. With all the other variants of him that are out there still, who's to say that he can't say, hey, I'm going to go to this guy, tell him what's going on, but I'm going to need you to play. You know, you got to be the Loki in the timeline while I hold this all together. Mm-hmm. I can but see I that think, happening I think as well. what Bill's saying is, like, since he can duplicate himself and, like, project himself already, he could he should be able to travel throughout the multiverse and... Um, We're not seeing and, the end and, of Loki. And yeah, I don't think be, so. Yeah, so and, maybe, I would... Even, even I would... I'm almost like would be reading into things if you see a shade of green that there's some Loki influence going in. I think we could we could almost take it to that level. Yeah, that, well, they, that Marvel a, does use color a lot to mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So to you know, I mean they've done it a shitload. Uh, you know, like Scarlet Witch for example, and using yep. uh, the Darkhold and all of that. And then uh, I mean, there's tons of instances of them using color and they and they're masters of the easter eggs so you wouldn't be off base to look for uh you know splashes of green or something like that you know what i mean it just and he wouldn't even have to project himself into the timeline to have an effect on it yeah i wouldn't imagine yeah. but it's got to be the right shade of green because i just saw the poll that you put there dr doom has almost the same shade of green in his cape and his armor that loki did so there's and that's the important thing also about the end of this is it sets something up the option that kang could be just written out yeah so i think they've done it in a way that kang wasn't as key as it could be so they could there is talk of because of the jonathan majors issues that they are going to drop him and move to more of a doctor doom which i'm not mad at as long as they cast uh, someone really good. I mean, it's got to be perfect, man. Well, and it like, sets because it sets up nice with the comics into Secret Wars. Because it does. It, let's, it, let's be honest, Doom, and if they do do Doom, uh, that would work perfect for Secret Wars three, and then that because he was God Doom, yeah, in that in that Secret War, um, which then in turn could be Loki. Yeah, but they they could also mix, they could also mix uh things because you were talking about. Um, the symbiote and having the black suit on Spider-Man. You could mix the first Secret War and the third together. You mm-hmm. don't necessarily need to do the second one because that's when the Beyonder comes to Earth and he's like wearing a zoot suit and shit and fucking hookers and <laughs> all that. Hey, you remember I mean, that one? It, yeah. I was, was say, you know you'd do the same thing if you had that kind of power. Fuck hookers or wear a zoot suit? Wear the zoot suit and fuck the hookers. I mean, he's the Beyonder. He can do what he wants. <laughs> I mean, it would be interesting to see the Beyonder, but, like, I think, I mean, that would be hard to do. So I think mixing and using, like, Doom and doing uh, the Battle World. I mean, they had Battle World in the first one, but God Doom's Battle World. And then it, 
it was the collapsing of 616. Yeah. Um, and he just so, basically. So the problem I have, there's a big problem with that as far as how far have they gone in production. As far as changing things could cost forward momentum in whatever they're doing. Because they're changing the plans, because of, not because they wanted to, but because of, uh, uh, you know, Jonathan Major's legal issues. Yeah. This so could, what is going on with that? He's going to trial. He tried to get uh, kicked out, and it didn't. And he's going to. Tr- uh, I think it's like uh, tomorrow. What's or very? Su- it's like soon. And isn't he facing a boatload of prison time for this? I mean, it's yeah. They. What did he do exactly, or what are they accusing him of? I know it's like a domestic. Like, um, is it like? Um, I don't know. Google. Yeah, we got the power of our fingers. Yeah. D- <laughs> You know, they don't say exactly. It's not easy because you got to dig through a lot of stuff to kind of find it. But yeah, domestic. Yeah, because yeah, I, I do know that it caused a lot of issues with some of his other projects that he was working on, not just in the MCU. Because mm-hmm. I've noticed that a lot of the other shows that he was working with have kind of changed pace on which way they're going as well. And I think a lot of them are just chalking it up that he's going to lose this battle and they're trying to be prepared and move forward. So if he does, but they're also stalling, yeah, which I think is going to be, is good. They're giving a little more time. Um, and I think, you know, okay. they're going to kind of see what, what it says, uh, misdemeanor assault, aggravated harassment, attempted assault and harassment. Um, against two, his girlfriend. Hmm. So, uh, like, they broke up, and he, so he was beating her, and they broke up, and he started. You just made, like, two assumptions right there. Well, I'm just, no, I'm, like, kind of asking. I didn't know if we. We're never going to know. Yeah, without them posting it into the media, on the news, or anything. Watching the trial, somebody reporting on it, you know, it's, and. Otherwise, that's all we can do is make assumptions and kind of guess at what's going on and put pieces together. But then, in turn, that. You know, could be we could be completely off base, and it could have been something far worse or far, mm-hmm. you know, less of a situation. And the, the media is just blowing it up because he's a famous actor. You know, I don't. I, you it have to like, report it looks, on it, though. It looks well, yeah, like, you as, as a media, you can't just. It looks like since they're going to trial, that they are keeping like the prosecutor and stuff. It looks like they would be keeping a lot of the details close to the chest, just to not give him. Um, a chance to like rebuttal that. I mean, no, would... that's that's against Is court it... procedures. Yeah. They, they're going to do it for the victims' rights, yeah. not to be, have their details blasted across the media and exactly. have jackass this... podcasters like this us says... talking about it on a live stream. Exactly. It says this happened in Europe, though. The London Metropolitan Police. Well, I was going to say he is British, isn't he? Um, yes, but, uh, I don't know. I'd have to read through all of this. It would be interesting to find out. We need to get a lawyer to talk about it. Exactly. To, I, re- to really, do we got any lawyers in the room tonight <laughs> <laughs> or, or that are watching that can chime in? <laughs> Probably not, but okay. So, I mean, it's, okay, it's, hold it's on. a lot of the logistics. defense claims it was, uh, Jabari, who assaulted Majors, so Jabari I'm taking is his girlfriend, while trying to steal his phone, 
a fact, a fact, they say the actor's driver plans to corroborate in the court file reviewed by the cut. Uh, Chaudhry, Chaudhry claims the majors ran out of the car, sent uh, Jabri a breakup text from a hotel where he spent the night. Defense says Jabri later showed up at Major's apartment after partying at a club, calling him 32 times, accusing him of infidelity via text and threatening suicide. Um, Says those purported texts were not included in the court filing. Major's came home later that morning and called 911, according to the document, after discovering Jabari had taken a bunch of sleeping pills and was in his locked bedroom, unconscious of the on the floor of the closet, uh, with a cut behind her ear and a broken finger. Hmm. Interesting. So this is so it sounds like um I mean it sounds like it's a he said she said type of thing, of course. It's um always gonna be you know, and it yeah. sucks because he is so killer as you know, the character, I mean, and he's a good actor and just like all of the real world stuff aside, it does suck to see him go if he has to. Um, but as long as they replace him with Doom and they do it and they really cast that well, that has to be done really well and not, I wouldn't. It's got to be better, like far better than what they did in the old Fantastic Four movie. I liked, I liked, I liked it, but it's not. It didn't carry the weight because a character like Doom, he's maybe the greatest villain Marvel has produced. Period. Well, I I mean, and he's got to carry, like, so the way that Jonathan Majors played Kang, I think somebody just as impactful and as good needs to be. Um, because even outside of the suit, he needs to carry a certain presence. Yeah. Well, he is the, you know, I shouldn't say overlord, but he is the rightful ruler of Latveria. Right. You know, he has his own country, his own army. Um, he can theoretically be part of the United Nations um, and be on those councils and still deal with, um, you know, the world population problems and everything else that persists with having your own government like that. And so, yeah, I, you know, he does make a phenomenal bad guy, but in turn, he also does try to do a lot of good because a lot of the things that he does, he's trying to do for Latveria. Oh yeah. I mean, any, that's true, but he is also a dictator and, you know, and tyrants he, and he's a, uh, mad for power. So bunch of times he has, um, uh, he stole the Silver Surfer's board one time. Oh yeah, he had the Cosmic Cube at one point. He's didn't he get the uh, Thanos's uh, gauntlet at one time too? Maybe I'm not sure. Uh, I forget. I think the um, I think I'm trying to remember how he became God Doom. Uh, in the Secret War, I'd have to re- reread that because I don't, uh, don't remember. I, I just uh, re- let me read it, it recently. It's fucking great. He made he made the machine. He made the machine that then kind of had he, he was able to kind of preserve but he, and create the own universe. And from that universe, he made it. 
he was God. Yeah. And I think it's basically, you know, Latveria in its own little kind of bubble. And then, yeah. Well, cause I do remember a couple of comics where he literally had built a wall around Latveria and, you know, anybody that came in was shot on sight because, you know, they're trespassing into Latveria. And during the Seeker War, um, Reed Richards and Thanos both created uh, basically uh, cosmic life rafts, you could call it. And that's how they were like, and then they brought a handful of heroes and villains with them uh, on these life rafts, essentially. And that's how um, all these people were existing on Battleworld. And he just kind of cobbled together uh, a little planet um, out of different um, places in the world. Yeah. Kevin said he killed Thanos when he was God. Yes. Doom, ripped the, his skeleton from his body. Yep. His, okay. skull, yeah. his skull and uh, spine. Like it was like a Mortal Kombat. Was that fatality. in Battle World? Or is that uh, Secret War? Okay. Says. Uh, he stole the power of the alien beings called the Beyonders and created his own battle world from the remains of different worlds throughout the multiverse, empowered by the enslaved Molecule Man. Ooh, okay. Um, the villain became God Emperor Doom, ruler of Battle World. So I forgot about the Molecule Man thing I too. And it's interesting because Molecule Man, his powers seem. Not all that great, but he's actually one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe, period. Well, him and Spot, I think, are roughly some of the more powerful villains slash anti-villains. Because, I mean, Spot, look at- you mean from Miles? Yeah. The- right. Well, yeah. isn't he a newer? Uh, no, he's... I- I think he's been around since yeah. the 90s. He's, he's, yeah, he's he was in Spectacular yeah. Spider-Man. Um, he was in the first 100. I actually think I have, I have it. Yeah. I wonder if we'll end up seeing him, well, depending on what happens on the next Into the Spider-Verse. Well, cause, um, and what they touched be on, interesting, on that. Because you did see live-action stuff in, like, uh, the little windows. Yeah. But it would be interesting to see if he jumps into live-action or not, along with Miles. and Spectacular Spider-Man number 97, oh, okay. first appearance of Spot. What year was that? 1984. 1984. He oh. must, and he was probably oh, okay. a, like, B-level, or, or, you know, B or C-level villain. Like, they make him out to be in the beginning of the movie, and then he's fucking a, terrifying. pretty cool cover, too. That dude is terrifying by the end of uh, uh, the end of that movie, right? There he is, right there. Okay. Spectacular Spider-Man '99. And his powers are the shit, like being able to, yeah, create you know, a black hole essentially. And there's a villain in um, Dragon Ball who can do essentially the same thing, Janemba. Yeah, I remember him. And, yeah, and he would fight that way too. He would punch through um, his portals and shit, and. I mean, that shit was really badass, and Goku ended actually using it against him at one point. But, yeah, no, their their powers are so strong that, yeah, they kind of have to dumb them down a little bit and make them a, a Class B villain because of the simple fact that if you can create a portal to walk through like that into a bank vault, 
Who's to stop them from walking into the Oval Office, the Kremlin, you know, any branch of government power and assassinating those people in power? And not only that, but like I was saying, by the end, when he's, you know, run the experiment experiment on himself over and over. Yeah. And really like Matt, like to where he can literally reach through the multiverse, not just physical space, but he's able to travel the multiverse at that point. And he's essentially a god at that point well yeah and he's literally insane from the the power and going through that like he's driven himself mad no i mean i think it would drive anybody mad you know if you had that much power you know regardless of what you were doing you know it's got to take a toll on your body so it's you know gonna drive you mad drive you insane Mm -hmm. make you do things that you wouldn't normally do because if i remember right he was just a standard scientist trying to better the world and it backfired on him and yeah he all right spot so how back to doom so if they're gonna do this thing i mean i I suppose they're waiting or if they haven't dropped jonathan majors already i suppose they haven't said but if they have they need to make moves to introduce doom as soon as possible if that's the case or at least feed us little Pieces like they well, did we're, with Thanos. We might get uh, him we, in that. We are. The, they need, there's a upcoming announcement from about Fantastic Four. So they, that's when we're going to hear any kind of news. I would, I would imagine as far as one way or the other, because Kang Dynasty, Avengers, uh, I think was... was Yeah. Is it Avengers? So, I think so, yes. Was that canceled? But Fantastic Four was, is the next one. No, we don't know. They haven't. They, it's it's radio silence. They're just waiting to make their move, and they're is, taking their is, time. Is that before the Secret War? Yeah. Yes. Secret War is like the the. I think that's Secret War is the beginning of Phase Six, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the next the next one. Man, that's afterwards. what I'm excited for. I mean, and if you know, it would be interesting to see if they just wiped that title altogether and did something completely different or well, just they, or just skipped that's some that of the movie altogether. they're saying like secret wars one and secret war two splitting it into two movies and i'm you know and they did that with you know Endgame and infinity war so why the fuck not especially if it's going to be a big event like that i mean it's if it is like the third one like i said i mean it's going to tear apart that entire universe and just cobble together uh, all the worlds I would imagine that we've seen in the MCU so far, um, and then we would get a handful of heroes and villains, and then uh, you know a lot of people are gonna be wiped out, and then except for with Loki watching over the timeline the way he is, Kevin thinks it needs to be split into multiple multiple movies. I think so too. I think yeah. it would make for a better arc and a longer run, but I think with the Especially way especially if you're this, gonna do it like they did in the first secret war you remember it was more like a tournament bracket so they would they popped each of these people next to each other to fight uh and well that's what they did with spider-man you know he was in his original suit fought got his suit got battle damaged Mm -hmm. he walked up the little machine punched some buttons and it gave him the black suit the black suit which at the time we didn't know was a symbiote until later on down the road but do do we know what uh, where that lab came from? Do you know, Bill? I mean, you're the symbiote. I mean, it was that origin story was an afterthought. It, I think, as far as in the comic, it didn't really it was, matter. It was I'm just getting a new suit print yeah. done, yeah. and I don't think it 
it was as meant to be as big of an event as it really became. Well, I think I thought he found it in like a little containment deal, and it was like a ball. Uh, when he found it, and then when he like touched it, it turned into what he needed. A, a little bit, yeah, yeah. And it, I read just that one issue. I it's didn't been read the full. Years since I've read it, it's amazing. And it was like, in. It's really great. I mean, and it's worth reading, most definitely. If you haven't read any of this Secret War, even the second one, I mean, it's not. I think that's maybe the rated the lowest amongst them, but it's still fun. It's like a funny, uh, good story. So it's it's definitely worth the read. Well, you I get think, introduced into other heroes and villains through it as well. Oh, well, yeah, sure. And then just seeing those matchups, I think that was kind of the desired. Uh, thing they were going for they're like people want to see uh more fights and then maybe matchups you wouldn't have seen in other comics you know i think the thing fought um uh, uh, uh who's the guy that looks like is it sasquatch i don't know he looks like bigfoot oh yeah that would be uh sasquatch from uh alpha flight Right, and he tries to take on the thing and gets straight ass whooped. Um, uh, I mean, I'm trying to remember some of the matchups in that. I'd have to look it up. I don't uh, the remember. original. It's been so long. it was I was a kid when I read that. And then, <laughs> yeah, me too. The second one or the third one, I don't think there was so much of that. It was more of a like, how do we fix this story? Like Reed Richards trying to. Uh, you know, set things back to right, or at least, uh, and I forget how that ends. Um, I don't, I don't remember if he takes, um, the power from doom and then recreates six one six. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I think it destroyed more than it destroyed more than, um, just six one six. It was, it destroyed the multiverse because like I was just reading it, it cobbled together parts of worlds from the multiverse. Well, yeah. And a lot of them do that. Anyway, like, so I really hope, you know, and, and they're talking about um, recasting Reed Richards and I'm not, I, I do not like the Pedro Pascal thing like at all. I don't want that. I want him to keep, Who's what's his name? John something uh, guy from the office. But yeah, yeah, I mean he was Zelensky or yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that right. He was fucking perfect. Why, I, I thought he did a great job. Like yeah. why replace him with somebody that they're just Pedro you know, Pascal doesn't seem like an intellectual. No, I, mean, I mean as far as like the roles uh, that he, he takes, he's and like the I, tough guy. I don't know if that means he couldn't. I think that would be the challenge. I would love to see him in a casting role. Could he actually pull off that? Maybe I don't like it. I don't like it. I, you know, he's kind of getting shoehorned into every little fucking thing right now because he is so popular. But I, you don't need to put him in every fucking thing. He's already Mandalorian. He, he he's need, already. In he the can last take anything he can pull pull off. Oh sure. If he can pull it off, we don't know. I mean, that's the problem. We're not going to know until it's but up for, there, or for, you know. For me personally, uh, seeing uh, the dude Jim. Yeah. Uh, seeing him, <laughs> they already gave that to me. And you don't get to just take that away from me. 
hey, like, I, I, do I, it. I like it. I like it how it is, and they need to just go with that. It just well, that whole death scene was I, I thought was kind of amazing the way she killed him in that scene. Spaghettified him. Yeah, yeah, and um, oh, what? Uh, I, I went to IMDb and looked at Fantastic Four twenty twenty five, and the name that came up. Is that supposed to be Doom? Pedro there? Pascal. That's uh, that's a um, Sandman. Oh, okay. Sandy, oh, okay. Where are you seeing Pedro Pascal? Right there. Stars. Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa Kirby, Bro, Pedro Pascal. I would rather see so him this as... Is, this, I is would rather, this is rumors. I would rather yeah. see him as Doom, personally. Like, if they were going to do that, then make him Doom. Don't make him Reed Richards and keep... <laughs> Keep fucking Jim as Reed because I mean I thought he was absolutely perfect, but you think this is just rumored? It just says rumored yeah. down in the bottom. This is Reed rumored. Says, even with Vanessa Kirby there as Sue yeah. Storm, I think she'd be an all right Sue Storm. I mean, I guess we don't know if he'd be able to pull that off or not. Uh, wasn't he? Or no, that was a different guy. He wasn't in Moon Knight. Who? Who was the guy uh, in Moon Knight? Uh, two first names. Kevin Bacon? No. <laughs> Matt Damon. No, he was in Loki. <laughs> Anybody in the chat know? Oh, I I I I picture I can picture his face right now, but I can't think of his name. Let's see. Let's see if uh Kevin's still on oh, here. Oh, uh, Ethan Hawke. Okay. Uh, no. I don't know. Uh, I got caught up on that. They I mean, I guess they look alike to me. Hmm. Anyway, um, so I guess it would it'll be interesting to see where this you know Jonathan Majors things goes. It's and it's not looking good it, for him, it, right? And it if isn't. even if it does, and he gets found not guilty or whatever, it's like does Disney stick with him even after that? Probably not. I, they they the the show must go on, and they can't just wait to see what happens with him to keep. They're gonna pull him back. I bet he's not gonna be. He's prominent. He, yeah. He won't have his many they they movies, they, they, like, they wrote him out with, with how they ended Loki. Yeah. And I feel like he's lost too many times as Kang to to really be as big a threat as they want him to be. I mean, for God's sake, Ant Man beat him in a fist fight and that was it. Well like, that unless we're me. gonna actually get to see Kang the Conqueror in Fantastic Four. Well, you're supposed to yeah, he were like he was mentioning that you know, the prime King or whatever. Was that the one in quantum mania or is there supposed to be a prime King? The other thing we did get in Loki was, um, Renslayer. I think it was like, kind of like the end credit scenes. Um, in the background, we saw the pyramid. So one of the first appearances of Kang was rum, um, was Ramatat? Ramat- I thought it was Ramses yeah. the second. That, that was the actual first version first. of Kang that you ever see. So we we do see. I think we might see him as side characters. I mean, so there's it's still the possibility, but yeah. But I mean, the only time, like I said in the comics, the only time we truly got to see Kang at his more destructive forces was when he was Kang the Conqueror, mm-hmm. and he was there trying to take over the Avengers and everybody else. Uh, and so, yeah, I think all the rest of them could be different versions of him, but unless it's the actual Kang that came from the, you know, the future that he's supposed to be from, 
that particular Kang is the strongest. Well, and, and also we have the Young Avengers. Uh, and yes, so do. then we're going to also have, uh, you know, Iron, Iron Lad, Oscar Isaac was the name we were looking for. Oscar Isaac. Okay, yes. and uh, just a little tidbit of information. First appearance of Kang uh, as Ramatut. Um, yeah, Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, 19 and 1963. And fun little side note that... It was retconned, just like spider suit just like oh yeah yeah sure. else, they, but... they've revisited it definitely um uh that one of the i actually have a what if where they uh revisit all that and i think do, i remember do, seeing that what if do it from uh, uh a different point of view so you get to see what's going on in the background during that uh fantastic 419 um fun little like tidbit um, when he was Ramata, uh, ruling over Egypt, um, that is where, so in his, under his reign was where Apocalypse was born. Okay. I was just actually going to so, ask that. Where does Apocalypse fall in with that timeline of Kang being in he, Egypt? He was born in Egypt at that exact, uh, during that time. Okay. Um, and then I have... Uh, series. It's called Rise of Apocalypse, and it, it gets into some of that fantastic, that same thing. Like, so they've revisit that issue many, many times to, you know, shoehorn in uh, what's going on with other people at the time. And so he does interact with uh, Ramatut or uh, Kang. Yeah, whatever you want to call him. Uh, <laughs> And then, you know, I mean, and as we know, uh, Apocalypse is immortal and, you know, he'll go into like basically hibernation. But I mean, that's a really great um, series. If you've never read it, uh, look that up. It is a little bit hard to find. Not going to lie. I'm going to say you should be able to find it in graphic novel form, though, can't you? I would imagine individual issues. I would imagine so. But it's really great read. I mean, and the, uh, we all know that Apocalypse is like my favorite villain, right next to Doom. And I mean, I like Doom. I like Apocalypse. They were both great villains, especially for their arcs that they were in. Mm-hmm. You know, for the Fantastic Four, Doom is the best bad guy that they got to fight against. The, those, because they were all friends at one time. They're those kind of everlasting bad guys, yeah. like Ultron, like Kang, like like uh, Professor X and Magneto. No, I I mean the the villains that um, stand the test of time. Yeah, it's like uh, I don't think Apocalypse time travels, but he definitely, you know, he he is everlasting. Like he well, can't die. Uh, somebody like Kang, he's all throughout time. Uh, Ultron, he always comes back because he's... As long as he can download his consciousness right. to something. I mean, that kind of thing. Not yeah. necessarily... Uh, I mean... It's on Peter Quill's Zune. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be awesome. What <laughs> if Ultron was downloaded into Peter Quill's Zune? I would like... There you go, Disney. There's your next What If series. Thank and, you later. And, hey, what about something we're not even thinking about? Like, what if they reached into... Um, into the What If series and then brought like in infinity ultron into the live action space Ooh. so we would get ultron back 
and a even more th- dangerous version of him. But I mean, would that be a cop out? Like that we already saw him almost destroy the multiverse. So yeah, we've seen Ultron almost destroy the multiverse in numerous different comics. Uh, right. I mean, since his creation, you know, since Hank Pym created him, he has done nothing but try to, you know, kill humanity because he feels that humanity is is what's causing all the problems in the world. So yes, what, he's doing all the wrong things for the right reasons. Instead of doing all the right things, all the wrong things for the right reasons, he he feels that if he can squash he's humanity, making logical that, choices. Yeah, he's not. Uh, it's not emotionally driven. It's uh, yeah. it's it's all logic based, mm-hmm. which. Which From is a computer like computer is like, yeah, the way like, it's going to happen. Right. Like, Kevin so, brought up Onslaught. Ooh. Oh, yeah, Onslaught. That's a good one. Yes. I forgot about Onslaught. You know, and that all happened. Um, the seeds for Onslaught were planted when, during uh, Fatal Attractions. So, you know, when... Uh, one of my favorites. When Magneto pulled the adamantium out Ooh. of Wolverine. Uh, one of my favorite Xavier, issues. Xavier reached into his mind and shut him down. Well, he had and to. So was... that that um, created the shadow that eventually became Onslaught. Yeah, which is crazy uh, interesting because he's really, literally, just a manifestation of thought. Like the two, uh, they're both of their uh, consciousnesses combined, and he, like so, his physical form is him. Like projecting that, like he creates that out of thought. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like he's literally just energy. I do know I would love to see the bombastic Bagman in a future uh, Fantastic Four movie. Just because. What is that? The bombastic Bagman, is Spider Man. Oh right. When he he got his suit all beat up and he showed up at. uh, He had the. He got rid of the black suit. He had the brown paper bag on it. Yep. Uh, that is, and, and he was a member of the Fantastic Four during that time. Was that when Johnny Storm left? I believe so, because I think it was Reed, Sue, uh, Spider-Man, and The Thing at that point in time for that one. But he, you know, he is not an official member of the Fantastic Four, but he is a member of the Four. Speaking of which, have you read Spider-Shadow? Yes. Okay, so that you remember all- at the end of that when he becomes a member of... Of the Fantastic Four, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, they've been doing a lot of stuff with Spider-Man. So I mean, I could see that happening. And I mean, as a Spider-Man fan, I would love to see that because Spidey is one of the more amazing characters. And it, well, and especially if they're going to bring in the black suit, it, it makes sense to at yeah. least have some sort of cameo eventually. And, well, and yeah. we did get the, uh, you know, at the end of, uh, what was it? Um, at the end of multi, uh, no, 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 uh, the Spider-Man one, the latest. Oh, spider, into, the, uh, into the Spider-Verse, I think is Far is From Home. Oh, Far From Home. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that, yeah, it was Far From, or the latest one, right? Yeah. yeah. With all three of them. No Way Home. At the, yeah, there No you Way go. Home. Um, so at the end there, when you got Tom Holland, or not Tom Holland, Tom Hardy uh, so, at the, oh, at at the, the bar, bar yeah. in, in Mexico and like, he gets sent back, but he leaves behind a little piece of the symbiote. And if you didn't notice in that little thing there, Venom knew exactly who sp- the symbiote knew who Spider-Man was, he, even though like it was guy. He, yeah. he didn't know who he he knew that Uh-oh. he has met him. You just unplug my headphones. Oh, 
She just sat down on the cord. Come here. Hello. Oh, I only got one ear. Oh, maybe I didn't get it in all the way. There we go. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what were you? What was they? Well, because like you know, because the symbiote knew that he had met Spider-Man at some point throughout the multiverse. Do you think that's he, because of uh, like you were saying? Aren't all symbiotes? Uh, when they started to go into the hive mind, they, they, yeah. right? Because start he started to, he, in like the kind of the mid credits of the same that yeah. same spot. They started talking about you know, and they almost kind of got into the whole idea of Kang. Yeah. So I'm sorry, think, no, I'm not. I'm sorry, not Kang, but um, no. Yeah. Do you think he was connecting to the uh, the black like so the only other version that we saw, but that was in Spider-Man Three, mm, the Toby Toby Spider-Man. So do you 3. think that's uh-huh. where he got the memory? It, it has uh, to be. That's the only place yeah, I could think of. It definitely has to be because it didn't happen in Amazing Spider-Man. No, no, because we didn't see him in Amazing Spider-Man. Nope. So it has to be that one. Yeah. And so that hive mind thing must be going on. Well, and it, it, and theoretically, you know, with the hive mind, every symbiote should be connected across the multiverse. Whether they share or retain the exact memories, they they have them, and they're like, oh, hey, I don't like this guy. I don't know like, why, but... Kevin's right there with us. Yep. <laughs> He's, like, hitting shit right as we talk about it. Um, So, yeah, it's got to be... It, it, it's got to be that one. So you almost wonder. Well, because you never see where he went. It doesn't show I mean, anything it, left. It could also just be the lore well, in general. Got, I mean, because he, he, we may just be thrown into Venom in the MC, in like in the in the six one six in midstream. We'll, yeah, maybe maybe, we're, maybe just, we don't get the origin. Maybe he's just bam right in the so middle. So you're saying we're going to get the lethal protector right out the gate? Maybe. Well, he got. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. <laughs> he got. It doesn't matter. The ma- only problem is, is he got sent. Well, back. actually, we did, didn't we? He, we did. And it, <laughs> just from the Venom movie, uh, it looked like he was basically the only person in that world with powers. You don't ever see any. Well, it's like, because heroes. he was in San Francisco instead of New York. Okay, but no, that's that's a good point, though. Yeah, okay. That have... doesn't mean that there aren't people with powers, but uh, they threw in other symbiotes. They just started creating. Right, you would you know, think... in a la- they had the lab. Um, did, I was just trying to remember if they had any other kind of like snippets of, in the lab of other monsters or other creatures. Not that I saw, because we only saw other kind of well, just symbiotes. Yeah, yeah, right. But but if there was a Spider-Man in his universe, you would think that. Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock would have heard of this guy, even if he's not in New York. I mean, Spider-Man's world, I mean, everybody in the world knows about Spider-Man. I mean, he is the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But then again, you also got to think, the reason why Venom hated Spider-Man so much is because of the hatred that Eddie Brock had for Peter, because Peter got him fired. Um, You know what? Eddie Brock's... uh, so uh, Tom Hardy's Venom, he could very well be in the Amazing Spider-Man universe. So he could be Andrew Garfield's Venom. That would, that would nice. That would be interesting. That would be dope. And I would like love, those two together would be awesome. Oh, that oh, would be yeah. great. Because I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, not gonna lie. I think uh, Andrew Garfield was the best Spider-Man and Peter Parker, like period. You, like they're all great. They're all great in their own ways, and I loved them all together in Far From Home. Uh, I only had one problem with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Yes, I loved them. I thought they were great. 
I did not like what they did with his web shooters. That was the only thing that pissed me off. I like how they explained it in the, like, they didn't just let that go. They're like, it comes out of your body. Does it come out of anywhere else? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was a great line, but. And and I I I don't see anything wrong with that because, I mean, you would have slight differences throughout the multiple. Yeah, but it didn't show, it didn't showcase Peter's genius of being, an inventor and everything because he did build his own web shooters. That's right. He built almost all of his gear. And, you know, when they made up for that in the, you know, within Andrew Garfield's yeah. and, and Tom Holland's. Well, with Tom Holland's, he's getting all of Stark's tech, I never, not his own. I, I do agree that I don't, I never understood why they went that way with it. But it was still, you know, f- for the time that it came out, it was amazing. I loved it. I maybe, went, I saw Maybe it was like to save time. I think it was just the director take, you know, I think it was Sam just taking his freedom, his liberties that every director is allowed to take with this work and putting his own twist to it, mm-hmm. making it his versus just taking directly from the book and saying, oh, it's got to be this and, way. And I, and I still say that first Spider-Man movie uh, was the first time that we got like a comic book accurate uh, version of a superhero. It looked like the comics. And well, we were- and it didn't fail like the Incredible Hulk did because the very first Incredible Hulk was very comic book accurate. Yeah, and it it's just bombed called- in the box office. Every nobody was feeling it, and that's why they had to switch directions with the Hulk and go the way they did. Well, that wasn't a terrible movie. A I, lot of I, people did not like it. I, I mean, I loved it. I I, don't, I wouldn't say I loved it. It is forgettable, but uh, I like the Hulk. And, so. and Eric Bana is <laughs> so flat. Yes. Like that guy is so one-dimensional and boring. It's like you didn't get much out of uh, Bruce Banner. You but, know, he was very much like Brie Larson. She's very flat and boring. Well, I saw something. I don't and I know. don't mean just her ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw a thing. I'm not sure if it was somebody posted it in the comic zone or if I just saw it on one of the other groups I follow. Um, they were talking about Eric Bana's um, Hulk coming back and them integrating him as uh, part of the uh, multiverse. Ma- they could do that with What's any his name? of these. The, uh, Maestro. Or, um, yeah, I think it's the Maestro. Oh, Maestro. Yeah. And having that version of the Hulk be him. And that way they can bring him back into the MCU with that, along with having Mark Ruffalo, of course, who has been an amazing. Much like Spot, like how he made himself more powerful by redoing those experiments over and over the same thing. That's how Maestro became uh, so smart on top of um, being the most powerful version of the Hulk. Yeah. Like period is because he uh, just kept hitting himself with gamma rays over and over and over uh, until like, I don't know how many times, but it was a lot. Oh yeah. But, I mean, they can honestly go anywhere in right now with the MCU. Even if we lose Jonathan Majors and Kang completely, they still have so much source material that they can pull from that they can take it. The, it might take a little bit longer for us to get to it, but we can. they still have the ability to go with any direction that they want and bring in different heroes, uh, bring in different villains. There is a cash treasure trove of superheroes and supervillains and antiheroes inside the MCU that we haven't even touched on yet. Yeah, but if if Kang's gone and we and and then we're waiting on Fantastic Four, so we would definitely be waiting on Fantastic Four to even see Doom. So it's like not necessarily we could still see uh, Doom right. no, without right. him being 
You're right. But there's not much coming out before then. Deadpool. Uh, we've got Deadpool there's and we've got Madam Web. There's... Madam Web. Yeah. That looks really good. And I think we what if just... there's a few other Disney things, but I think Disney's going to stick to the lane that they're in. We've got Echo uh, that's coming up. Uh, um, hopefully. Echo, that was uh, from Daredevil, right? Yeah. Or no, Hawkeye. But yeah, I think comic she comes from the Daredevil. I've seen well, some why Daredevil. Why do we need crossover. a show about her? I just, you know what I mean. I don't. I, I, some of the comics, so, she's actually a very. I was going to say I'd, character. It's an interesting character because she's mute. Isn't um, she blind as well? Yeah. So I think, I think she's just mute in in the show, though. Maybe like she she sure. she could or, see. She wasn't blind in Daredevil. Oh, or Hawkeye. Whatever it is. Oh yeah, that's right. Remember, because yeah. they leaned real heavy on on her on, ASL. And, yeah, and fucking uh, Hawkeye not being able to hear shit too. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. But yeah, that was a great show. You know, it we was. we we talk about all these great shows, but we haven't we don't mention Hawkeye a lot. And I really loved it. I thought Jeremy Reiner. Did I say his last name right, Reiner, or is it Renner? Renner. Renner. I thought he did a phenomenal job as Hawkeye. Well, um, and and you, it really made you feel for him, especially that scene. And I think Bill's brought this up before when he's on the phone, and he can't hear his his kids talking to him. Right? No, I liked it when Kate Bishop was just talking, and right. he took his and hearing aids talking. out so he could just stop ignore her. Yeah, that's what I felt about the whole I, character. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was actually quite funny as well because that's stuff our parents have done to us. You right. know, they're just like. Tune up these kids, you know. And <laughs> but there was that part where he couldn't hear um, his kids over the phone, I believe it was. And uh, then she's like kind of. Yeah, it, she was communicating for him. Right. And that was, you know, you may, it makes you really. And that was just a really great show. And I think we gloss over that one a lot. We don't talk about it. A but lot. that also a lot. shows that Hawkeye mm. is human. He is not a superpowered being. He is just a badass with a bow and arrow. And in, in that you got the different perspectives. So like the kid watching him dive out the window and or it was Kate. Yeah, it was Kate she, that watched, she watched him. him yeah. You know, that part where he famously jumps out the window yeah, and then watches swings that, in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she, like, and that was her motivation and like no shit i mean how amazing was that like well i mean it, picture yourself in that situation you're in new york you're a child you know you got an alien invasion going on you got superheroes everywhere and you got one guy on a, a rooftop by himself just taking people out with a bow and arrow mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you see him jump off launch another arrow and he's swinging like spider-man mm. man they just did really great with the first team of the avengers you know it's like they took a lot of risk picking somebody like Hawkeye, somebody like a Scar even uh, Black Widow. You know what yeah, I mean? She I mean, you have these powerhouse characters, and then you're expected to believe that these normal humans, uh, no matter how skilled they are, are able to keep up and keep pace with these g literal gods. Yeah. And a guy in a fucking suit that makes him super. Uh, and... It's no different than Batman, honestly, and being I th I think in the she, JSL. I think she mentions that, too, is, like, the fact that he was, you know, just a normal person and keeping up with these yeah. these incredible, like, super-powered people. So yeah. Kevin's bringing up something else that's in the news lately. Blade, 
He, th- uh, he oh. says he thinks Blade did justice and that Wesley oh, Snipes yeah. might be Blade again in Secret Wars. 100%. And we've um, said- I'm down for that. I loved Wesley as Blade. I thought that was phenomenal. Uh, 100%. Like, and we've said that before. We, like, so we've brought that up multiple, like many times in the past that Spider-Man, Blade were some of the best uh, superhero movies of that of the time. Well, yeah, and I personally feel that those movies were actually the precursor for the MCU to do what they did. Um, they were testing the waters with them, per se, saying, let's put these comic book movies out well, and I see think, where they go. Well, and they, they were the first ones to be very, really successful, so it's like it made it, you know, made... Like, really, those movies paved the way for something like the MCU to exist. One of my f- without them, ones. Because you think about it, like, most superhero movies before that were fucking garbage. And, like, they always failed. I mean, like, not always. I mean, I guess Batman. Well, Batman Howard the, the Duck was one of the first Marvel movies. Was the first, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. Um, but... It was good, but it wasn't the best. But when they dropped Howard the Duck, it really changed things for a lot of people because not only did we get to see... That movie failed horribly, didn't it? I don't know. It's yeah. a classic to me. I, I loved it. It became a... I think, yeah, it didn't... I, I was going to say, I don't think it did very well in the box so office. You're a, fan of, you're a fan of the cheese, though. You know what cheese. I mean? <laughs> like, you're a big fan of the cheese, and, like, you can... 1996. Appre- you can appreciate... Um, even what most people would consider to be like not great. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's one of your best qualities. That I think you appreciate a lot about. Like, you can overlook, um, you know, what a lot of people might call shortcomings in movies or yeah. bad movies. And I'm I'm a lot like that myself. Is like, I don't mind overlooking the cheese as long as I'm entertained. Exactly. Well, and, and a lot of it came from me watching Siskel and Ebert as a kid. You know, watching them sit down, discuss the movie, and go into detail on how they both felt about it, giving giving their opinions, mm. but also the fact that they were like, we may not have liked this movie, but you might like it, so go go check it out. Yeah, they're not telling you whether you should see it or not, and yeah. like, you know, uh, that's I tend to not pay too much attention to like um, any kind of articles or any thing like shitting on a movie or a show before i see it myself and i decide for myself if i like it or not and many times i just appreciate things for what they are and don't like like everybody's shitting on the marvels i don't see why i I thought it was a good movie i I really did that episode if you're streaming this is going to be out tomorrow morning yeah and oh by the way i listened to your guys's uh the one, the Christianity and comics. Yeah, I listened to that one yesterday and finished it today. It was really good. You Thank guys you. did awesome. And there was a lot of shit that I, you know, I that Spider-Man episode that you were or book, book yeah. you were talking about. I need to where, find it. Where he meets uh, the one above all, or yeah. yeah, and yeah, just the idea of him sitting there. Talking Having a hamburger God. with God, and I think that'd be kind of cool. And, actually, and God and God doing almost the ghost of Christmas past thing. Like, let me. And he asks him, "Why do I have to like suffer for all this?" And instead of answering, he does answer, but he does it by showing him. Yeah. Like, oh, look, these are all of. The, look at all the people that you have saved. Like, you don't even remember most of these people. You're in and out of their lives, and 
And it's like, I'm sorry that you had to suffer these losses to become the man you are and the hero that you are. But without you, the hero, most of these people would have either died or became villains themselves or, or yeah, it could have gone a million different ways, but you saved them and they went on about their lives. And I, what I liked about that was like how you said, it's like how you may bump into a stranger, give them a smile, say hello, or give them a kind word. And then you're out of their life, but you don't know how yep. that impacted them. Maybe exactly. that, maybe you saved their life and you said something really kind to them. And they were thinking about ending it that day, but because you were nice to them, or maybe you just turned somebody's day around. You say yeah. something uh, nice, compliment someone, and maybe they're having a bad day, but you saying something kind. Hey, that's just, a cool shirt you're wearing. I really like it. Yeah, and you're like, oh, sweet. Like, I've seen videos. Like, uh, so these guys, they'll be carrying a bouquet, right? And they'll be like, oh, um, see, like, old, old lady or something. Yeah. And be like, oh, would you mind holding this while I tie my shoe? And they're like, oh, who are the fl flowers for? And he's like, oh, a really nice lady, like a really pretty lady. And it's not like hitting on them, but then he like ties his shoe and he's like, okay, thanks, and walks off without taking the flowers yeah. back. And then they're like, wait, what? Oh, oh, okay. And it makes their fucking day like every single yeah. time. Mm -hmm. Like they're all smiles. And like just acts shit. of like, random kindness. So like you were saying, like you don't know how many. Like if you could see all the people that you've touched their life in a positive way, I mean it would be much like that. Just an entire sea of people. I would hope. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would hope that for me. Or there's it, one guy in the beach thanks, standing Kevin. there flipping you off. Fuck you, Bill. <laughs> Get your shit together, Bill. Yeah, get your shit. Yeah, it'd be Tom Arnold. Like, get, your Bill, shit, Bill. get your shit together, man. Your we got to get together. this fucking thing going. Oh, he was so awesome to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, was. I've been a fan of his for years and just being able to, you know, I've been to a few different Comic Cons and everything, but, and you couldn't just walk up to Did the celebrities. Did you sit in on that one? Uh, no, I had missed that you one, but I was, I was with um, Ming. Ming. He's in Denver right now, yeah, by the he way. He is. I saw that. The Galactic Comic Con or Galactic Con? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it was just, I, I loved being at this smaller one. I could walk straight up to him. I didn't have to, you know, buy my time to come up there and say, hey, I just wanted to say I'm a huge fan. I didn't have to stand in a line and wait. I didn't have to pay 20 bucks just to be able to say that. I was able to walk right up to him, shake his hand, and just say, hey, dude, I've been a fan of yours for years. Hey, true lies. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, and honestly, I feel like the, the pop culture con was. And our Comic-Con here were actually better than the one in Fort Collins. I'm not, I mean, there was much more. We had... There's more we, there, stuff. I mean... I don't know. The Pop Culture Con had a lot of shit. Yeah. And I think this uh, second one that we're about to get is going to be just as awesome. And um, are you guys going to be at that one as well? Yeah. Doing a live show as well? Or? Of course. That's our plan. I we'll mean, see you're going to be there too, buddy. Oh, you're yeah. part of the show now. Oh, like hey, you're, you're, I love it. <laughs> you're indoctrinated. One of us. One of us. Hey, I'll take it. I'm a nerd, and I'm proud to be a nerd. I love it. Yeah, man. So it won't be just us. It'll be you, too. Er and I mean, and I feel like, you know, what I personally am just, like, in my element when I get there. I mean, I really get jazzed and, like, just get energized by being in, you know, the networking is just my bread and butter. 
Well, and the fact that I get to see so many people that are attending them, you know, dressing up, um, letting out that nerdy side of themselves, stuff we didn't get to see when we were kids, because if we would have tried that, we'd have probably been bullied and picked on and had to fight, you know, defending ourselves. And we didn't we didn't have the craft stores that we do now. No, no, we don't. But we'd have had to build it out of PVC at home. Those cheap (laughs) little like spray paint masks with the thin rubber band wire over the top that are are all the crappy costumes that we had in the 80s. But how cool (laughs) would it have been to have a a Comic-Con back then? But like like you're saying, like. When I was a kid, you, I mean, you didn't go to school and be talking about what comics you were reading. No, because somebody like, would I, didn't, I no. didn't even talk to people unless I knew they were a nerd, too. Yeah. My friends were writing a comic. They were drawing one. Nice. In it, high school. Unless you well, knew. Actually, it might have been middle school, actually. So it's mm-hmm. like I used to, my buddies would give me shit because after, in junior high, I would not stick around to hang out with everybody. I would literally like run home to watch cartoons, r- run home to watch <laughs> Dragon Ball Z and every other and, amazing show that came on at that, that time. It was really, that was all I cared about. Like, See, and I watched, I, I had younger siblings, so I was able, you know, I had, I watched Power Rangers with my brother. I watched different cartoons with different brothers. And, I would watch the other, you know, Gundam wing and yeah. all that stuff. But what I really, really cared about, and what I was just obsessed with was Dragon Ball. Oh, yeah. And uh, and that was, you know, during, it was around, you know, 7th or 8th grade that I discovered Dragon Ball. And then, so, I mean, I was, I was really just discovering it. So I would fucking run home because these were all, every time it was a new episode for me. Unless you had and those three like, days of them powering up and then you get your new episode. Nah. <laughs> But, that was my only drawback to it is I had to wait, you know, spend three days watching him power up for two minute fight, <laughs> but it was, it was well worth it. It was, you know, I loved it. I still watch it. I, my kids watch it. Um, I get them. I've tried to get them to watch dragon ball as well, but they prefer DBZ over dragon ball. But yeah. And my buddy, buddy Kenny would always be like, God, you gay. Like, what are you, you don't want to come hang out with us. It's like, let's go smoke some weed or something. I'm like, can't, can't do it. I'll, I'll meet you after the show. Yeah. But then it turned into like, so into high school was when Funimation took it over. And then you started getting the new dub and you had Sean Schimmel yeah, and all that. And then I was buying uh, two cassette tapes every month because they would release yep. these once a month and you would get three episodes Maybe three or four three or four episodes on it and these were vhs tapes and there were so many of them it made a nice panoramic oh, of dude, i had the a dragon i had i had a six foot bookshelf with every single episode and it it filled the entire thing now i have everything on dvd and it takes dragon that ball much space. <laughs> dragon ball dragon ball z dragon ball gt dragon ball super and it's like like this big you know, of and that's literally every show. Just Dragon Ball Z took up an entire six, seven foot book. Oh yeah, but it made an awesome diorama though. Of well, it was different pictures. So depending on what, what season we season were in, you were yeah. on or whatever, it yeah, would jet sell and. But yeah, one side of the one side would say you know Dragon Ball, but then you know the other side would yeah would make a nice uh, picture. Yeah, because I believe. Um, like one of them had go, you know, made Goku and, or was it Radix that it made? Um, but then it had the dragon, it had cell, I believe boo was on it. Um, 
It was either Boo or Mahjong Boo, but yeah, it's been a while since I've looked at all of those. But yeah, you know, you could tell that the technology has changed over the years. You know, you could fit 25 episodes on one DVD where you could only have three to four episodes on a VHS. Okay, you so put the whole season on one thumb drive. Okay, look exactly. at exactly the whole series, the whole yeah, kitten caboodle. So here is the entire series, or most of it. This isn't everything, Bill. But that's for the most part. I mean, that's yeah. I think there's some missing here. I, I think, mean, the part of the cell saga is missing here. But I mean, there you go. Oh God, yeah, you weren't kidding me at all. Yep, <laughs> that's that wasn't me. Oh, that that one's but not I, yours. I literally had you know the same shit. Yeah, like all of it was. I insane. didn't have nearly that many. And my little brother, um, I love him to death, but. He he chose the one of his one of his favorite characters, and he still has the action figure to this day. Is the Great Saiyan Man? <laughs> great Saya. That's what I said. Great Saya Man. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we all know it was Goku or Gohan, but still, it was mm-hmm. it was one of those characters of like, wow, people actually like this guy. Because <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll always like Gohan from when he was a kid, and just a. You know, yeah, when the he way beats, he whooped the shit out of everybody when he when he got when he beat Cell. Oh yeah, he he uh, whooped Cell's ass. <laughs> you know, going Super Saiyan two before anybody in which again pissed Vegeta off because he's like, wait, I'm the prince of all Saiyans. And now here's a question for you. So after King Vegeta and Planet Vegeta were destroyed, would that not make Vegeta the king of Saiyans then? Well, there aren't any Saiyans left so other than him and Kakarot. Well. At the time, uh, I mean, there's a handful, but it was really just Raditz, Nappa, Vegeta, as far as they knew, and then they found about out about Goku um, later. But what I'm saying because, though is, once his dad, once King I Vegeta mean, te- died, technically, but Vegeta would never uh, take that title that way. Okay, I because I, I, I've had that conversation with other people because uh, he, you know, that's the one thing he always says: "I'm the prince of all saying." Yeah, but I think. Um, taking the title of king over a dead race, I think that would... I mean, the pr- title of prince is... He doesn't care about, like, the status of it. Yeah. Uh, so much as, like, it carrying the weight of his pride um, yeah. and carrying... You know, he's carrying the pride of... Of the entire race. Of every saying. And so yeah. when he says prince, I think... It's more, it's less about the title itself than it is about okay. um, the, you know, him carrying that pride and keeping it going, you know. Yeah. And Well, it was just something, even as a kid watching it when it was all still fresh and brand new, I always wondered, why does he still keep the title of, you know, Prince? And why part- doesn't he take his father's role and become the king? Even, you know, because I, yeah, I know I get Planet Vegeta was destroyed and, you know, everybody was gone. I mean, he never does really explain it. I mean, he doesn't. But, I mean, first and foremost, like I said, um, the, really the only thing that matters to him, other than now, like in Super and all of that, I mean, his family and all that matter to him. But at the top of the list is his, is pride. his pride. Yeah, and he is a very, very prideful man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And But, you know, with good reason. I mean, he has fought and 
gave his blood, sweat, and tears for every single ounce of strength that he oh, has. Yeah. Well, and, and, and then and, once he found Kakarot, he was all like, I've got to be stronger than this guy. Right. Well, once they fought the first time, you know, he was very, he underestimated Goku and just like, you know, uh, at that time he was very much caught up on like status yeah. and, and, and just insane, uh, insane, uh, culture. So, uh, a low class saying, and, and this was all based off of the power that they read from you when you were yeah. born. And Vegeta was born with a much higher power level than yeah. most Saiyans. And so that gives him station. And so it was unthinkable for a low-level Saiyan like Goku to even be anywhere yeah. near his strength, let alone surpass him or be his equal. And, you know, for a long time he, had a, he struggled with that. Well, and, and, the, being, and the greatest thing was is he got beat by a normal person that was terrified of everything um and you know because most people forget the fact that when he turned into the great ape it was yajirobe that saved them all yajirobe's the one that cut his tail off yep and a lot of people forget that and i you mean know, not only that he uh near the end of the fight he ran up behind vegeta and almost cut through his armor with his sword and yeah you know and yeah i mean you know, that's one of the greater fights. I mean, you have a really iconic scene of Vegeta throwing, you know, up in the air, throwing his Gatling gun, and Vegeta, or Goku with the Kamehameha. Oh, and yeah. And they're clashing, and then... I've seen so many Goku, paintings based off of that. <laughs> Goku uses uh, the Kaioken, I think it's times four, and, like, nearly destroys his body, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, but he destroyed his body every time he went training. And you don't actually see Goku and Vegeta fight again uh, until they're both Super Saiyan 2s and yeah. after during the Boo saga. Actually, yeah, you're right. Like, I didn't that, even think about that. the first time they actually fight each other again. Yeah. And wasn't Vegeta being controlled by Majin Buu at that time? No, that was by Bobbity, So he, Okay, Bobbity, that's right. Um, but he also wasn't really being controlled. Like, he allowed Bobbity to influence him with his magic to bring out his darker side again. That we hadn't seen since the beginning. And also for the power boost. Yeah. Um, but he never let Bobbity have full control of him. Okay. Yeah, it's been like, a while since I've like watched he that said, saga. He said, and there's actually a thing where he says something along the lines is, like, you can have, you can, can take control of my body you can take control of my mind but there's one thing a saying never gives up and that's his pride and that's when he powers up and breaks free of it and he's like because bobby's like i want you to go do this and he's like no fuck you yeah <laughs> i'm not being distracted from fighting goku anymore like yeah. this is happening right now i don't give a fuck what you want i'm fighting kakarot and we're yeah. doing it <laughs> yeah What's up, buddy? You want to say hi to the camera? Okay, so we're almost done. And then we'll go home, okay? But if you haven't so anyway, seen Loki, you should watch yeah, both seasons. We it's went phenomenal. off on a whole fucking yeah, dragon. Yeah, we got a little sidetracked there. <laughs> That's what we do. We go off the rails. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so 
What would you give the series, like getting back to Loki? What would you give the series overall? One out of ten, Bill. It was nine. Just a nine. Out of the whole series, seasons and one and two, no, nothing's ever going to be a ten because no. technically a ten is perfect. I I would have to agree with Bill. I have for both seasons. I have to give it a nine. It was perfectly well done. Um, it, it really in touched with all the characters. We got to see a different side of Loki than we had in the previous movies, um, and it just kind of made me feel a little closer to him. He was more humanized by then. And how, One and thing that's a real challenge to do is kind of like the Phantom Menace or like the new um, uh, 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 Hunger Games movie that just came out. Uh, is it out? Yeah, it just came out. Um, it's an in-between. You know what's going to happen by, by, by the end. From, from yeah. you know, We know Loki dies. Yeah. So he's kind of like... He died in the movies, and then all of a sudden he has this whole other backstory, this whole other life yeah. that enriches the universe that he's in while building his own at the same time. Yeah. And I think that was a very difficult thing to pull off. And the time travel, the surreal, the quirkiness of it all well, we gotta is re- why it, we it gotta remember, so high for me. we got to remember this is a Loki that never went through all the things after the first Avengers movie. So the one that died in Endgame is not the same one we're seeing in the series. No, but he's still, but he he gets to see everything. and Right, he does see everything. And he remembers it to a point. Right, Mm. well, he he at least gets, like, the rundown of what happened, definitely. Because, I mean, just like, like we said earlier, you know, watching him from the very first Avengers, when he's trying, you know, when he takes over Hawkeye and everybody else, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's letting the Centaurians out. That Loki was, yeah, he was the lo- the bad guy Loki that we've all known in the comics that does what he does. But you slowly see him progress throughout every movie. The more time that he has with Thor. Um, so he started off as the god of mischief. Yes. And now he's the god of stories. Yes. Uh, it almost goes full circle. God of, that what is, do you mean by that? That is his title. He's the god of stories. Is that... Um... Part of the comics, or that—that's what they're calling him. That's that's his title now. Okay. Now, so, did, did, so did he, he is the title? That title, or did... I mean, the that the directors. Okay. So this is what they were. They were. Oh. So he's no longer the god of mischief. He's. So that's and, and that is the god he wanted to become. Okay. And well, also, how all the the does, doesn't he call himself that? I almost yeah. want to say he well, calls and, himself and, that. And it is pulled from the Norse mythology, is as far as the god of yeah. stories and and. But yeah, interesting. But, and but he does that, cause a lot of mischief. I'll put you. And that makes that. <laughs> that makes sense. The god of stories, because he's literally the god of everyone's story now. In the timelines. Like, in the timelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just how beautiful was it the way he pulled it all together as he's walking up those stairs? And I just like the know, fact that he was in his original, almost comic accurate helmet. With the horns, well, um, and also like because it pulls back to the 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 Norse tree, yeah, and that the timeline is the tree G- going back to the mythology, and, and he is now the tree of life. He used to be trapped by snake venom and poisoned and trapped in the stasis as far as Loki being trapped, but now he's trapped under his own accord, holding everything together, not a prisoner, but but as a god, yeah, yeah willingly, as yeah. And and selflessly, mm-hmm. which I think because he did it selflessly, 
that's how we're going to see him being able to leave where he is at. I think they're going to, you know, I could be completely wrong on this, but I do think we'll see him again and they will, you know, he, because he willingly did it and willingly sacrificed himself, the, the other gods or the watchers or whoever, you know, um, are watching the universe are going to be like, okay, all right, well, let's give him a he, second he chance now be, that he's done this. He, so, you know, um, it's the living tribunal, right? Yes. Um, so he would be one of the, like, you know, eternity. You remember in Guardians mm-hmm. when Quill sees eternity? And that's yeah. an actual entity. So he's one of the, he's like amongst the most powerful beings in the. In the he's almost as powerful as the Celestials. Love and Thunder. They're above the Celestials. Um, yeah. Like I, they, Eternal they, was Love and Thunder, not Guardians, I think. Yeah, uh, he, he glimpses eternity. Um in Guardians 2. So when mm, okay. Ego shows him Oh, that's right. When they But the entities of like the you know the 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 their representations of the fabric and what makes the universe the universe. Yeah. And so now Loki is a part of that. And and he, he would be even above the celestials at that point. Yeah, that makes a little bit of sense, but... Maybe not in physical power, but, you know, power isn't always measured in physical strength. True. Your ability to destroy something. Like, he's literally holding together the fabric of time, and that's... He can... That is insane. He can create and destroy at the same time, which Mm -hmm. is what the power of a god is, is the, the power to create and destroy. I'm sure he could. Yeah, he could easily uh, just let go and wipe out the entire. Uh, what a great way to. If he could they, pluck out individual if, timelines if he wanted. But I don't think he would do that. I don't that's, think he would either, but what, I'm just saying. That's he what could. Kang was doing. That's yeah. when you're playing God in or the wrong way. Or that's how he could. And that's somebody was saying how he could undermine Kang and how Kang was just undermined altogether because of that reason. Yeah. He is now control of all the timelines. So anything Kang could do to manipulate doesn't matter. And he's allowing he's, master now. he's yeah. allowing every timeline to exist as they naturally should. There's not supposed to be one sacred timeline. And but you know, also the only reason Kang was doing that was to avoid having all the other Kangs wreak havoc on the multiverse, right? But partially. But that's in, what he said. Yeah. What but, he, with, with the but he just wanted to be the only one and the only one in power when it comes down to it. You know, and that's because he was who remained. He was the last of them. He might have been, you know, he might have been born in the 31st century. I think I don't remember exactly, you know, when they said he what time frame he actually comes from. Well, he was Victor Timely, right? So yes. in this version, he wasn't from the future. He was from the past. The past. But, but still, I mean, you know, he has the ability to go through space and time, which would give him the same ability that Loki has right now, holding everything together, except for he was being mischievous about it, making it all about him, where everything at the end would be come to him. It would all be his power. Mm-hmm. Unlike Loki, Loki wants to keep everything equal and distributed the proper way. He wants everybody to be able to live to enjoy their lives, to be able to do yeah, what they want. Yeah, because no one should have the ability, or, like, that's why he's perfect for the job. He's going to allow each and every timeline to exist 
any kind of variant that like if if something branches off and i think, what if and what I if think, he gets bored and just decides to start messing with thor i i, I think it i think i, that, I, I could I see think, that going and, down and too he's like he loves to mess with his brother the mischievous ways are hard to part by well and him and his brother have had that little well yeah he, and he is going to get bored he is going to get bored but also like we said, he should be able to project himself throughout the timelines as he pleases, so maybe he wouldn't get bored at all. Yeah, we'll see. But how much of his focus does holding everything together take? That's a good question because it could take very little or it could take every ounce and, of and does he have got. to does he have to do that forever? Or does eventually that the 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 timelines hold themselves together in that you know or, are we, or are we going to yeah. see um, uh, wh- what was his character? I'm going to call him Data or Short Round for anybody that knows. Um, now, is he is his character going to be able to build a bigger loom for him and help him cr- the, the control loom, that? The loom was only designed to control a certain amount. And but it if was, they could it was build on, it, was bigger, on, it was it was there to keep only the sacred timeline. Yes, and, but I mean, but like so. The loom was the unnatural part. He's replacing the loom with... He, he himself has became the loom. But now, is there a way to build something that can hold it in so he doesn't have to actually stay there? Or, can he have or, it to or, where he can then bounce in and out wherever he's needed? Or over time, for lack of a better word, because I imagine time doesn't exist to him in the same way anymore. No, not in that but, space and time continuum. Like, eventually, does it stabilize and stay that way on its own, and then he can leave? Or he has to trick somebody else to take his place. But Hence the reason he's the god, of, the trickster god. I mean, he could go there. See, I, I think I, I just it's left see, to our imagination now. I think I, that's I the, the good part it. and the bad part. Is It's up to us. Yeah. I think... As the god of stories, we can now make up whatever story we want to kind of fill into that place. We can imagine, we can speculate, and we can see what Marvel does next and, you know, hope that they don't fuck it up. Yeah, and everybody out there, if you have your own opinions or any comments that you want to put out there, let us know. Because, you know, everybody's opinion does matter. Yeah. Yep. So, overall, I I think I'd give it a 9, too. Just the show... Was extremely well done, well balanced. Not a lot of loopholes as far as the time stuff goes. So, this one's been a win for all of us. Go to thecomiczone.com. That's where we have every single episode of the show. You can catch us on Spotify as well. Yep, go to YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, Hit us up on TikTok and uh, join the group the comic zone on facebook it's where we share a bunch of memes and all that stuff hopefully next week we got dj nike back with us stay nerdy everybody until then keep it black